Hello, good morning, and welcome to our beautiful, beautiful, loving community. I'm Jill Engels, licensed practitioner for the Spiritual of Living, Spiritual Living White Rock, Centers for Spiritual Living White Rock. Thank you for joining us today. I'd first like to just take a moment, take a moment and welcome in this precious life, this precious living and recognizing the one source that is ever present, ever present everywhere and within each and every one and in all things. And I welcome all of you to join together in this time together to listen, to learn, to be part of this wonderful teaching and this wonderful community. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for this time with you together Thank you for joining us. And I release all these words to that one source that makes it all so, and I let it be, and so it is. Today, we are so happy that the wonderful Ivan Boudreau is back again. He is lovely. He is here to sing and play his contemporary folk music and deliver his warm and relaxed approach. Welcome, Ivan. Thank you, Jill, and thank you, everyone. Here's a song about grace and faith and wisdom. Long in the night seem to go on and on. Each hour lasts just a little longer. Some days the sun don't shine into this heart of mine. So I pray to be much stronger. As if I had the strength. Of a mighty redwood tree If I had the wisdom My elders gave to me If I had the patience Of a farmer planting seeds A little more faith Just a little grace I would find the things I need My old man's good advice, I didn't listen much, I paid no mind, went my own way, made my own mistakes, now I follow down the road he walked, remembering the ways he taught, it guides me in the choices that I make, as if I had the strength, of a mighty redwood tree If I had the wisdom My elders gave to me well, If I had the patience Of a farmer planting seeds A little more faith Just a little grace I would find the things I need
never liked your way Chasing down dreams seemed to be my fate Wishing tomorrow would soon be yesterday I never got to smell the flowers As I counted down the hours I should have stopped along the way And if I had the strength of a mighty redwood tree If I had the wisdom my elders gave to me well, If I had the patience of a farmer planting seeds A little more faith just a little grace I would find the things I need A little more faith And just a little grace I would find the things I need As always, that was absolutely beautiful. A little more faith and a little more grace. Isn't that, I love that. Thank you so much. That was, that was wonderful. And I think you're playing next month. No, it's this month in May. Where is it you're playing again? I'm playing at the Bez Arts Hub uh, in Langley, BC on May 21st. I'll put it in the chat. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. It's always such a joy to listen to you and to have you with us. We are very lucky. Thank you so much. As we begin our gathering today as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. What a privilege this is. What an honor this is. And we are very, very grateful for this. At CSL White Rock, we are an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of our lives on a regular and consistent basis. And they work and make our life much easier. When we live by principle, life flows easier, choices are clearer, and seeming miracles are happening every day. There is a wonder in every day just waiting for us to live it. So let's begin. It's always a pleasure to have Reverend Karen speak for us. Reverend Karen Wilson has been in ministry since 2008 and she's guided spiritual seekers throughout BC and Alberta, helping them to deepen their connection to source through the application of spiritual principles. Now she serves the greater CSL community through its interim ministry program. In addition, she is a member of its Global Themes team, currently serving as co-chair for 2023, as well as the CSL Events Committee, planning for annual and general gatherings throughout 22 and 2023. It's a joy to know Reverend Karen and experience her enthusiasm and love for this beautiful teaching and all that it brings and she brings so much love to it. Thank you. With an open heart, please welcome Reverend Will Karen Wilson. 
Thank you, everybody. Um, so thrilled to be here, Ivan. That was just beautiful. Hoping you can all hear me. I think that's good, right? Yes, excellent, excellent. So I'm a little froggy today. Um, just want you to know, I uh, tested positive this morning for COVID. Yay! <laughs> so I can now call myself experienced with the um, global experience of COVID. And so uh, a little bit froggy, but I'm here and in service to you and in service to this teaching, because what I know is, is that uh, life happens and we get to choose how we wish to respond to it. And so I choose as best my ability to respond from my inner beingness and my inner light, which knows that this is just an appearance. This is just a thing and it needs to pass through and it will. And so I bring myself present to that. And it's, it's an interesting timing, right? Because we're talking about emotions and there are a lot of emotions that are attached to COVID. There are a lot of emotions that are attached to this time of life on this planet. And people are um, perhaps more elevated as a collective than we have previously seen. And so talking about emotions is very valid because it's part of who we are. I'm a firm believer that everything that is humanity is part of that one great source. And so that means that emotions, even when they're difficult, are also part of who we are. It's how we perhaps um, figure out where our individual boundaries are, what maybe agitates one person, may just pass right through somebody else. One that angers somebody may not another. One that brings joy and love uh, may be a different experience for somebody else. So emotions have their place in who we are. And a lot of the work that we do spiritually in the context of emotions is to try and figure out how do we you know, kind of ride the wave for a surfer out in Tofino or something like that. How do we ride that crest? How do we ride that wave of emotion rather than allow that emotion, whatever it happens to be, to really take us over? And that can be good emotions too. We all have had probably either experiences or know people who've had experiences where they fall so deeply in love that they uh, kind of miss some important cues. They are just immersed in that experience or they fall so um, deeply in some other emotional experience that they are no longer actually functioning with their intellect. So emotions are an important part of who we are. And I don't know if you've seen a list at all um, of all the emotions. I have a tendency to just have a few that I've grab a hold of, you know, maybe there's 10, maybe there's 20. But in fact, I believe there's more than 200 different emotions that we have in the English language that we can use. So distracted, feeling distracted is an emotion. Feeling uplifted is an emotion. Feeling so many different things. And being able to sort of um, identify what those emotions are so that we can work with them in balance with them is really what this is all about. I know that with the um, 
entire month, what we're going to be doing. So I'm sort of talking about the high level emotions today. And as you get through the month, we'll be looking, you will be looking more deeply with some of your other teachers. If you choose to follow the global themes for the month, um, your other speakers will walk you through some of the specifics. But in general, what we want to be looking at is this idea of focusing on the mental equivalent to gain a different perspective. So we avoid spiritual bypass, we avoid praying it away. And instead, what we do is we apply our spiritual practice to work through the experience, breathe through the experience and find a way to face whatever scary monsters, you know, a little much too much spice, right? This is all about that spice of life, you put a little too much cayenne, and now all of a sudden, that nice recipe that you had, you can't even eat it. And it just ends up in the garbage, because you put way too much of something in there. I actually did that once way too much green tie, I think it was green tie. And I yeah, couldn't eat it, had to throw the whole thing out. Emotions can be like that, right? If you put too much of your energy into something, you end up getting a reaction to it because it's you've gone beyond the limit of what it is that you actually need to experience. You have disconnected and gone too far into your emotional space and you've lost some of the intellect. So we need the balance between the head and the heart. The other side is, you know, some people and many of us grew up in these kind of circumstances where we were told all emotions except the good ones were um, not allowed, right? So don't, don't express any anger, don't say no. Um, women often have a lot of these issues, right? Being able to sort of stand up for ourselves and feel empowered. Men have the opposite. Do not cry. That was sort of the stereotype, right? So you're not allowed to feel or express any kind of sadness. And what can happen in those situations is that we get literally cut off at the head, right? And we try and do everything from our intellect and react from our intellect. And that too can get us in trouble because we've disconnected from what our intention is. And our intention is coming from our heart space. Our intention is trying to be integral, right, with the truth of who we are, not in a reactive way, but in a um, calm, like the treatment was saying, in a calm and peaceful and relaxed way of just saying, and so this is, and so this is. I've had people say to me over the years that one of the things that is really valuable is when somebody feels heard. And when somebody feels heard and they come to you and say, you know, I'm in pain, what they're really coming to you is maybe all you need to do is respond to that pain by saying, you know, here's a tissue, here's a Kleenex, or here's a hug, or you're not actually doing anything, but you're acknowledging the feeling that's being presented to it to you in the situation. You're responding in accordance with what is right in front of you. So this, that's the sort of interpersonal dynamic that we end up dealing with so much with emotions instead of being in a reactionary place. So that balancing is really important. That balancing is vital to our experience of emotion. I wanna talk a little bit about uh, you know, what we've been experiencing over the last couple of years with um, the pandemic and how people are in a more elevated state of awareness. And I just wanna throw out a few figures or facts that I got from a, a recent article in The Atlantic 
And it was quite illuminating. So we have heard about air rage, right? People who are on planes and all of a sudden, you know, they get really angry about something and the steward or stewardess has to, you know, take care of them and calm them down, right? So in the U.S., this was the U.S. article, um, in the U.S., it typically saw about 150 cases of air rage in, uh, you know, let's say prior to 2020. In 2021, air rage shot up to 5,700 cases. 150 to 5,700 cases. The other places where we've seen it here in Canada and certainly here in BC is we've seen a lot of um, rage with regards to the Asian population. We've seen a rise in hate crimes. We've seen a rise in um, vitriolic on social media. And we've seen apparently there's been a rise in divorce. So apparently this is really good time to be a divorce lawyer which is a very sad statement, right? You think about all the families that are now being torn apart because there's conflict happening and people are so elevated in their consciousness that they are unable to work through impasses that up until this point, perhaps they were actually able to do that in a more successful way. What I notice is, is that it's a, it's a, um, if I'm calm, say in my personal relationship, if I'm calm and something is happening, it's contagious. I'm calm and I respond with calm. The other person will also respond with calm. It just, it, it expands outward. And if I don't react, if I take time and to calm myself, because I might feel something, I might feel elevated. I might feel like my heart is beating or something like that. I might feel something that is uncomfortable and instead I just relax myself and take a pause, then I can um, react in a more pleasant way. Or maybe I don't react at all. Maybe I journal, maybe I use another tool in my toolbox to be able to move those emotions through. Someone very wise said to me recently that emotions can be a little bit like a wild horse. And I love that idea. You know, I got a beautiful image and I thought about the untethered soul and on the cover of the untethered soul is a wild horse, right? Running along the beach. And uh, that concept of a wild horse, you know, it just, emotions can get away from us. And so what this person shared with me is that there's another way to look at emotions. If we see it as a wild horse, and we have like a, a really nice little tether. We have a good relationship with our emotions and we have a tether that's attached to the wild horse. And instead of denying that the horse is there, instead of running ahead of the horse with our intellect and trying to figure everything out, because sometimes, you know, we think we know better, we actually walk with the horse. So we allow the emotion to inform us, to work with us, and we create a uh, relationship with that emotion so that we can work with whatever it is that's presenting itself, we can work on that together. And then that becomes a guidepost in a way for us to be able to expand and to grow and to develop. I think back to my teenage years, I don't know, maybe I was like 20 wild horses. <laughs> 
I think it was a lot of wild horses. And maybe even in my 20s, it was still a lot of wild horses. By the time I got into my 30s, it was a little bit better. But I was in journalism, and that sort of uh, adrenaline rush, I was so addicted to that adrenaline rush. And that was a kick for me, right? That was like a, an emotional um, hit in a lot of ways. And so I needed that in order to feel effective. Without it, I believed that I was bland, that I was less than, that I was not effective, et cetera, et cetera. And so over time, I have made a point of trying to dial back, not who I am, but how I choose to operate in the world to try and be more um, gentle in my approach to pause and take time to process. And I've learned that I'm a very, very slow processor, incredibly slow. And I think that was part of my training was we weren't allowed to have a healthy emotional relationship and everything was in the head. So I have to work through, you know, things can get caught in my throat. And I used to have a big problem with um, my emotions being stuck there in the throat chakra and things would get so tight that I couldn't speak right now. It's a little bit of a different problem, but I'm speaking. Okay. Um, but at a time, at certain points in my life, it would be so tight that I actually couldn't speak and I could feel my voice box like a solid piece of rock that I couldn't get through. That's how tight I was. So over time, I've allowed that to soften so that I can feel more deeply into my heart space. The result of that is that it takes time for me to get there. So if I don't choose to run with a wild horse, if I don't let that wild horse like just go for it, I got a better chance of creating that marriage between my intellect and between my heart space. I've got a better chance of allowing my heart space to feel that it is safe and it is secure and I can open up that space. I still need to be discerning, right? I still need to be discerning about where I choose to do that and using, using that marriage between the head and the heart with some um, emotional intelligence, shall we say, right? That's a big part of trying to figure out what our emotional intelligence is. There's um, what I was talking about with me losing it. Some people call it freaking out. I think that's what we called it when I was a young person. And the modern word for it now is emotional flooding. So we just get completely flooded with emotion and then we are completely ineffective. Ineffective with pretty much anything. We, we're not processing accurately. We're not seeing situations accurately. And so our goal, right, is to grasp our emotional intelligence and move in alignment with that. So one of the things that we talk about is um, something called, I think it's called metacognition. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And they're recognizing that um, metacognition is, is when you're able to actively and positively and proactively engage um, your thinking mind with your heart space so that you can calm yourself down and actually respond to what is in front of you. Now, of course, if there's a fight or flight situation and you truly are in danger, you know, your amygdala will take care of you and you will do what is necessary. But sometimes that's old programming and it actually doesn't serve us in the situation. So I just saw a question pop by 
And I just want to make sure that I, I just pop up the chat here. I think somebody was saying, um, what is an example of running with your wild horse and how that helps? So we're not running, we're actually walking. That's kind of critical piece to it. So when we walk with our emotion, we have perhaps a little dialogue. So just imagine you've got this super wild uh, horse running next to you and it's pulling on the rein, right? Go faster, go faster, go faster. And you just have to gently work with that wild horse, just like the wild animal and say, you know, how are you? What is it that you're looking for right now? How can we work together to move through this experience? So it takes some practice, but I think as we practice recognizing when we're on the wild horse spectrum of things, that alone, just the awareness that we may be there will automatically give our um, intellectual, our cognitive mind reasoning um, an opportunity to just slow things down and to move a little bit more mindfully with what it is that we're working on. So we think about our meditation practice, the more we meditate, and I've noticed this as well in myself, that the more we meditate, the more we have that experience of just being in that place of emotion, allowing it to slow down, and then not attaching to it, but just letting it pass through us, just in regular meditation, over time, that experience of doing that gives us an opportunity to be able to use that same tool in the moment when it's showing up. So again, instead of reacting like maybe we need to take a little break and before we hit the respond on the email or before we do something else, we welcome the painful emotions in because we want them to speak and have their say and all the rest of it, like let us inform us about where our boundaries are, but we wanna be able to do it in such a way that we can manage it. That's, that's the critical piece. Are we managing it or are our emotions managing us? So spirit is in the middle of all of this. Spirit is here providing us with this um, guiding system, if you want to put it that way, that's sort of saying, wow, you know, I'm really reacting to this. So what's the hidden belief that's underneath that? What's the hidden belief that makes me react in such a strong and powerful way to this particular situation? And as we're able to sort of unpack that, then we're able to sort of go a little bit deeper and start to deal with the actual thing that is at the root of this. So we may find that we have Perhaps there's uh, some underlying belief around worthiness, or perhaps there's an underlying belief about some other issue. And by doing that, we can use our spiritual mind treatment to begin to sort of say, I am worthy. I am the power and the presence that is spirit itself. And start to dialogue again with that part of ourselves that is um, still asking to be healed in some kind of way. So deep intuitive listening for ourselves is really important and deep intuitive listening, if we can, for other people as well. So we don't take in what it is that may be sending it to us and we just allow that to be and wash over us as we process whatever it is that we need to process. So I wanted to share with you a couple of quotes that I thought were really important. One is um, from Ernest Holmes. It's uh, way in the back of the book, page 588. 
And he says, in the well-balanced, this is in the science mind text, in the well-balanced person, emotion is controlled by the intellect, but in many people, there is conflict between the emotion and the intellect. Emotion uncontrolled, there's your wild horse, produces chaos. I know I've produced chaos lots of times with my uncontrolled emotions. Doesn't mean that there isn't a place for saying no or being angry. There's appropriate places for a lot of these emotions that support us and being the truth of who we are, right? Standing firm, saying, setting our boundaries, whatever those may be. And then there's the ones that create that feeling of, of chaos. Another one that I think is really interesting, and this sort of speaks to um, the need for meditation, is from Viktor Frankl, who wrote uh, The Meaning of Man, I believe it was. And he says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our freedom and power to choose our response. In our response lies our, both our growth and our freedom. So that's what we're aiming for. Instead of being in a place of reaction, being in a place of choice, recognizing that in every moment we are a choice recognizing that in every moment we have that ability to be um, much more clear and much more effective with the integrity of who we are, as well as delivering and being responsive to the situation that we find ourselves in. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I need to take a, a pause here. Or maybe you can't even say that, but you just say, thank you. Thank you for what you shared and I'll get back to you. Our emotions in that little spice rack, you know, sometimes I had fear when I was in my emotional state. I didn't want to appear bland, right? Like there's maybe there's some salt and there's some pepper in the recipe, but you know, I was looking for that KN and I don't want to be bland, right? So I pile in a whole bunch of emotion to create the drama so that I can have that full vibrant expression of who I am but it's not actually, it's a, becomes a performance then as opposed to a, a, a realization of the truth of who I am because I've allowed the wild horse to get away. There's another quote that is kind of interesting. It says, no matter this situation, never let your emotions overpower your intelligence. Never let your emotions overpower your intelligence. And that's from Jean Houston who actually wrote the, um, in some of our copies, wrote the uh, intro to the Science of Mind textbook. Um, she wrote the intro in my version. I don't know which version you have, but uh, she's definitely of our, of our like mind. So no matter the situation, never let your emotions overpower your intelligence. So we're looking for that unity, that combination of the head and the heart, the integration of who we are, so that's some of what I wanted to share with you. I know that um, if you go through this a little bit more, you will find more things throughout the month that'll support you in working with your emotions, recognizing them and seeing them. And uh, if anybody is interested, I don't know if you can, maybe what I'll do is I'll send it to Jill. I have a massive list of, um, of uh, emotions that I can share with you as a PDF, if that interests you. 
Um, sometimes it's helpful because we don't think we have the words to describe exactly what our emotions are. And so being able to go through a chart that identifies all of these emotions um, can sometimes be helpful as we're working through some of the more difficult ones so that we can get more precise and discern with a little bit more clarity. Am I really feeling love or am I feeling joy? What is, what is it that I'm feeling? And, and just allowing that expression to come alive to you so that you can then integrate it and work with it as opposed to um, uh, you know, doing the spiritual bypass and saying it's not happening or I'm, I'm getting lost in the midst of it. Last thing I wanna say is somebody who is a big supporter of uh, morning pages. I know some of you love them, some of you hate them. Um, but it doesn't have to be morning pages. It just can be any type of journaling. Journaling is a great way to um, get rid of some of those and just process those emotions. My experience is, is that I work through them. And then as I work through them, I, um, I can actually, uh, um, I find myself moving into prayer closer towards the end of that exercise. So it gets more and more refined as to what it is that I'm working on. And then I can move into prayer to create the shift that I'm looking for. So I think I saw another question there and I just want to address that. Um, the name of the book version of the science of mind, your book version. Oh, oh, it's just Judy. It's just an edition. I don't have which edition it is, um, but it, it, I've got an older edition, right? Because I became minister in 2008. So I've got duct tape on my, my uh, version now, if that's what you were asking about Jean Houston. Um, I think the current one probably has something from Dr. Ken Gordon um, at the front of the piece, but Jean Houston is one of our extended teachers. Let's put it that way in new thought. Let's just close our eyes. Let's take a deep breath. And just allow that breath to settle in and infuse all of our body, all of our livingness, right down to our toes, our fingers, just bring our awareness into that full essence of our beingness. So right here and now I recognize that this one life, this one energy is operating in and through absolutely everything. It is in and through each and every person gathered here today, it is that light that brilliant light that is that divine light within. And so I know that this experience and this expression of life itself, as we move through emotions, as we move through our daily experience of life, as we move through the rest of today, we acknowledge and we recognize each and every emotion as it appears. We acknowledge and say, thank you. Thank you for telling me more about who I am. Thank you for telling me more about what I want. Thank you for telling me more about what is true for me on some level. And so I am grateful for all of this, grateful for this opportunity to expand and to grow in concert with and in alignment with my emotional beingness. I give gratitude for all it is knowing that my intellect and my emotion expand and a partnership, expand in partnership to create that greater idea of who I am. And with that, I release it into the law of mind knowing it's already done. And so it is.
Thank you. So it is. Thank you, Reverend Karen. It was that was wonderful. And today's this moment for our offertory. What a beautiful, beautiful, rich experience this has been. So what was today's gathering like for you? If you have received value or good from this experience, then return that good with a donation to CSL White Frog. This can be done in three different ways. You can do, uh, you can do it by, by phone, I was going to say. You can go to our, our website and, uh, and pay online, or you can do it by mail, or you can e-transfer this. And that will all be in the website. So please join me with declaring our prosperity affirmation. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is. <laughs> 